You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be talking about a Kentucky basketball player that nobody is giving praise to right now. They have a first-round pick on roster that almost nobody is discussing. Almost nobody. We're going to get to him in just a second. Also, going to talk a little bit more about Chris Livingston's rotation to the fore. Coach Cal had some comments about it. Also going to get to one of your comments about Chris Livingston later on in the show. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Wow, look at me go. Please make sure to join the channel if you want to continue to listen to some more Kentucky basketball content. As we roll through the season here, we've got a massive game on Saturday, Kentucky versus Kansas. Make sure you subscribe so you can check out the preview episode uh, that we will be putting out tomorrow afternoon. Let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky basketball, in my opinion, has a first-round draft pick that almost nobody is talking about. Now, sure, he is one of the mainstays of this rotation, and he, in fact, is starting for the Wildcats, but I think he's being overshadowed right now. His great play, he's had a consistent stretch here, is being overshadowed by Antonio Reeves and Oscar Shibwe. As we all know, Antonio Reeves and Oscar Shibwe have been playing really well for the Wildcats as of late. Antonio Reeves, if I'm not mistaken, has had a couple of big 20-point-plus games here. Oscar has been doing Oscar things But Jacob Toppin, in my opinion, is being severely overlooked right now for what he has done for this team. I said on yesterday's show, whenever we were recapping Kentucky's win over Vanderbilt, that look, he played well, we gave him some credit, but we didn't talk about him nearly as much as the rest of the team or as the individual efforts of other guys, again, like Antonio Reeves or Oscar Shibwe. I think his excellent stretch right now is going unnoticed by a lot of people, and we need to direct more attention to it. Because what did we talk about heading into this season? Jacob Toppin could be one of the biggest factors in whether or not Kentucky makes a legitimate postseason push because of how valuable his minutes will be at the four. That has proven to be more true as the season has gone on. Now, has he executed? Not as consistently as maybe some of us would have liked to have seen him execute, But I think right now, you have to be pleased and excited about the consistency that he's had over these last three games. So Jacob Toppin had an article written about him over at Kentucky Sports Radio over at On3. Brandon Ramsey of KSR also had a tweet uh, just a day or so ago talking about Toppin. And he said this, Jacob Toppin has been a huge part of Kentucky's current four-game winning streak. He's averaging 11.3 points and 8.3 rebounds per game during this recent stretch. The last three games, he has had 11 and 11, 17 and 4, and 12 and 10, playing with so much more confidence 
and playing to his strengths. I want to talk for a second about that last sentence there. What has been the theme over these past few weeks talking about Kentucky basketball and their struggles? They have struggled with confidence. I think that Coach Cal really did a good job trying to reevaluate and reassess things on the mental side when it comes to these players. Something that we talked at length about on this show was trying to not necessarily out-physical everybody because Cal at one point said that they needed more physicality. I think it was not necessarily a toughness of that kind, but more of a mental toughness that the Wildcats needed. And eventually Cal did start to discuss the importance of mental toughness on this team and resiliency. I think Jacob Toppin is a player that is just by nature hot and cold. He'll have good nights. He'll have bad nights. He's never going to be, I think, a consistent mid-range jumper type of scorer for the Wildcats. It's similar to Keon Brooks last year. It's either he's on or he's not. And Jacob Toppin right now is very much so on, and he's now got a four-game streak where he has been on. We mentioned the 11.3 points and 8.3 rebounds, but right now, over this stretch, uh, since the game against Missouri, he has averaged 13.3 points, 7 rebounds, 2.7 assists. That's very solid. That's really solid from your starting power forward. And obviously, those numbers are boosted because he had 24 against Louisville. He had 21 in the win against LSU. He had a dip there where he went 1 of 10 against Alabama and 1 of 5 against Tennessee. I think those are arguably two of the better defenses in the league. Doesn't matter what metrics say. I'm saying from a matchup standpoint, I think those two teams clearly frustrated Kentucky and Toppin the most. So it's to be expected that there's some struggle there. But man, you look outside of those two games, shooting 66, 69, 58, 85% in some of these other games. And then he had 11 rebounds against Georgia. He had 10 rebounds on the road against Vanderbilt this past week. He is playing some of the best basketball of his career right now. And again, I want to reiterate, earlier this offseason, we talked about how important he would end up being to this team. We talked about the fact that he is going to be Kentucky's primary four, and we don't know if they have a whole lot of answers outside of him. Apparently, Coach Cal now thinks that he has somewhat of an answer to it. We're going to get to that later on in the show. But I want to give Toppin his props. He's playing right now like a first-round draft pick. Now, you may not see him in first-round mock drafts consistently, but as this season goes on, and we have about a third of the regular season left to get to, you're going to see Jacob Toppin, if he continues to play the way he's playing right now, you're going to see him start to enter those conversations. I'm really, really proud and excited about Toppin and the way that he has changed mentally, it looks like, over these last few games. He is playing, like KSR noted, with a lot more confidence. He's doing what Jacob Toppin does. He's not trying to be something different. He's not trying to shoot threes. He's doing what Toppin does best. And I respect that, and I'm excited to see how he continues to play over these next few games. This Saturday is going to be a big one for him. I know we talk about Reeves and Shibway and how important some, some of these individual matchups go. Look, Toppin could be one of the most important players on the floor this weekend. Very important for the Wildcats. So he's their guy at the four, right? But also, Chris Livingston, according to Coach Cal, who's primarily played the three, may want to rotate into the four spot a little bit. 
At least that's what he said recently. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more in depth than we did yesterday. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Guys, the NFL playoffs are here. They have been phenomenal so far this season. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you have to do is go and sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel can have all your favorite bets from money line, point spreads, player props, all the good stuff. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Obviously, we've been talking about it quite a bit this week. Whenever we talk about our friends at FanDuel, the NFL playoffs and the in the uh, championship games are happening this weekend. Those are going to be some phenomenal games. You got some tight point spreads on those. Would highly encourage you guys to go check that out over at FanDuel. And you check it out on an app that's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Football fans, you're not going to want to miss out on this. Again, you can place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you. Listen, I know that you guys make Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. But if you have not checked out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little ashamed. I'm a little disappointed in you. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton do a phenomenal job over there with Locked On College Basketball. You can get everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. You can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, players, all the good stuff over there. I hop on their show every now and then to talk a little Kentucky. If you want to stay connected to what's going on in the college basketball world, check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And normally, I would say, you know, kind of sometimes it feels a little robotic whenever I talk to you guys about stuff. Legitimately, go and check them out. They're great. They're really, really good. Everything you want to know about what's going on in the college basketball world that's relevant, keep up with them. They're awesome. Also, to get back to what we were talking about with the four spot for the Wildcats. So Jacob Toppin has been excelling, I think, over these past few games. He's a first-round pick that nobody is really giving credit right now. Chris Livingston, who is a small forward for the Kentucky Wildcats, apparently is going to start to slide to the four for some of their rotations. Now, we've talked a lot on this show about rotations, and I'm glad that we have for a couple of reasons. First of all, you guys seem to want to engage with that and talk about it. And second of all, we were talking so much about rotations this offseason. I'm glad that we can't just speculate. We can actually talk about what's been implemented and talk about what we've seen. And so far, we've seen Kentucky's lineups work better whenever they have three guards in the rotation. So Livingston sliding down is a really interesting concept this late in the season. John Calipari, in a recent interview, this might have been the postgame presser. I just pulled the quotes, copy and pasted them in a couple days ago. He said, quote, Chris is playing both the three and the four now. He hasn't played the four enough. We practice it, practiced it, and he played some of it in this game versus Vanderbilt. 
we're going to keep practicing it where he's more comfortable. This game is positionless, so if you get caught up in four, three, two, one, you're talking ego now. This game is positionless anyway. You've got a lot of guys on the perimeter. The question is, can you guard that position? Can you rebound that position? Can their guy guard you at that position? It's nice to keep trying, putting guys in different spots, and just seeing how they do. I'm really, really liking what I'm hearing from Coach Cal here. Talking about something that we've discussed quite a bit on this show, basketball right now in this day and age is not about the positions. It's about the matchups, right? You can dive into all the analytics and stuff you want, and analytics certainly will help you. It will aid you in identifying the best matchups for you on the floor. But if you have whatever whatever his dimensions may be, if you have a player that can attack and score or defend another player extremely well, it doesn't matter. Put them on there. It's the matchup. Nowadays, you're starting to see the, the positions blend together. You're starting to see big men that can handle the ball. You're seeing big men that can shoot. Things are just starting to kind of blend together. Now, sure, you're going to see identified roles for different players. Some pl- players have their limitations. Severe Wheeler at five foot nine couldn't play center. But what I'm saying is it's becoming more positionless. So like Cal said, if you're getting caught up in what these guys play because, oh, well, he's got the body of a small forward. He should only play small forward. Then, again, you're talking ego, like Cal said. And if Chris Livingston works well at the four, then he works well at the four. Now, here's my question, and by no means am I suggesting that he is a bad player. Is Coach Cal rotating Chris Livingston in at the four because he's trying to get Livingston more minutes? And he approves of somebody else better at the three. And he's like, well, shoot, I still have to give Livingston minutes here. Here's what I'm going to do for him. I'm going to let him play at the four a little bit. I seriously doubt that's the case, but it's something to keep in mind. Sometimes you will see coaches attach themselves to players in a rotation, and it will be to the detriment of their team. You don't just see it in college basketball. You also see it in college football. Now, typically, you see it with more veteran presences, so that's why I think that, that I'm just throwing that out there. I don't think that there's any merit to that, but it is a question to ask. Like, what does the situation look like rotationally, and what did Chris Livingston earn in practice? Is Cal trying to fill that need while also maintaining success at other positions? I think it's an inter- interesting question. But more, more likely than not, right now, Chris Livingston slots in at that four spot really well, and Cal sees something that he really likes. Statistically, I don't think that you can really pull anything out of what Chris Livingston has done as of late to really say, oh, he works better here. Maybe it's just a trial. Maybe it's just to see, hey, you're not playing that particularly well right now. Here's what you could do instead. And Kentucky's trying to find him different opportunities because he is just simply a good player. He may not be statistically showing it, though. But anyway, what I was saying is there's nothing right now, at least recently, over this past four-game win streak especially, to suggest that Livingston is going to end up being more than what he is. And I'm not trying to dog the kid. I'm saying right now he is a rotational piece for this Kentucky Wildcats team. That's what freshman forwards do sometimes. Sometimes you slot in at a weird weird spot because of 
what you have surrounding you. That's just the makeup of Kentucky's roster this year. And Kentucky's having to adjust to it. I like the I like the concept of, of adjustment, though. It shows that the coaching staff is aware and they are making an effort. And that's all that we can really ask for. There was a comment from one of you over on YouTube. Elijah McNary wanted to read this off. He said, I think with Livingston, it's literally all about tweaking. If he's looking at it analytically, it looks like he's cutting fat at each position and trying to put the players in the best light. What Livingston has done well these past couple of games, slash to make around the rim baskets and hit a couple of threes. I think subbing in for Toppin at the four sometimes would keep Toppin fresh, limiting turnovers, and we'll have Livingston doing what he's doing best against slower opponents, fours instead of threes. Beat him off the dribble and doing pick-and-pop threes with Wheeler and Wallace. This would catapult Livingston if he grabs the opportunity. I could not have said it any better. I started doing some show notes, and I started writing down stuff, and I went and looked at my YouTube comments, and I saw this comment, and it was almost word for word, some of the bullet points I had written down, and I said, you know what, screw it. Elijah, you said it better than I could, so I figured I'd shout you out and write down that comment. I think he is exactly right. It's all about the tweaking. Like I said, I don't think there's a lot of merit to trying to find him minutes because Cal has to, but there is something to be said about bringing in a player to adjust your lineup to make it more efficient. That's something that we've talked about during this Kentucky stretch where we thought the season was over, right? It was all about efficiency, finding the right lineup, and playing it, and then rotating it accordingly, just changing things, right? Mixing things up, trying to find that right balance. And Chris Livingston right now, that is what he's doing well. He's slashing. I think he's playing good defense. And what it is also most importantly doing, it's keeping your most reliable option at the four fresh. That's what Elijah points out. It keeps the other guy fresh. We mentioned early in the show, earlier in the show, that we've been discussing the fact that Toppin is Kentucky's most valuable piece at that four spot right now. Getting the backup in and making sure that he is able to consistently do something maybe even different in a different way than the four does that you start. Getting him to come in and do that thing and keeping things fresh is good. It's great. It's difficult to it's difficult to plan for, especially if you're making that adjustment mid-season. And it's entertaining for the fan base. It keeps them intrigued. So I like it. I really do like this move. I'm intrigued to see what Cal does with him playing it more. This could be an over-exaggeration. This could be a situation where he doesn't really end up playing that much. And you know what? I'm okay with that either way. I just want to see the staff continue to make an effort to make change. We got a massive game this weekend to really see if how much change they've made to see if it's all paid off. Kentucky versus Kansas. We're going to have a preview episode tomorrow. Make sure you are subscribed to the show and make sure you give me your thoughts on that game. I want to hear what you guys think. This one is a massive one for Kentucky, not just right now, but for their seeding in the future. Massive one. Massive, massive, massive. Could be the biggest game of the season. Could be the biggest turnout of the season for the fans, depending on how it goes, especially. So, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. Follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for that preview episode of Kentucky versus Kansas. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.